This is the Amazon Planet Podcast, Episode 8, Extreme Learning. I'm your host, Joel Amadon. I hope this recording finds you well, and thank you for taking the time to listen. This episode of the Amazon Planet Podcast features the book, I'm excited about this, Extreme Ownership, How the U.S. Navy Seals Lead and Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, and again, excited about this too, I am joined by Dr. Gary Williams of Wittenberg University, and he's going to help me extract some of the learnings from this New York Times bestselling book, and I would say one of the primary motivating books or texts that made me want to start this podcast, so we'll get into that a little bit in the episode, but before jumping into the book, a quick reminder that the purpose of the Amazon Planet podcast is learning how to teach better. Ultimately, the goal of the podcast and my own personal goal is to lead people to love others through teaching. And like I talked about in the last episode, I have a couple avenues to share things. You know, one of them is my own teaching here at the University of Mississippi. Another is through presentations and publications. And, you know, those avenues don't have a, you know, a lot of people there. And so this this has a lot of potential for sharing beyond here. And especially like this conversation with Gary, um... I just know how much I've benefited from conversations from Gary since I've known him for over 20 years, and it's great that now I get to share these conversations and that we get to have more conversations. It's it's uh, it's a nice it's a it's a nice thing. So, but before jumping uh, into the book, I also wanted to talk about um, a few quick items from the last episode of the podcast, which was episode seven, "Best with Rest," which featured the book "Rest." Why You Get More Done When You Work Less by Alex Sujong Kim Pang. First of all, thanks for all the good feedback uh, on social media and in-person feedback. That was really great to hear some of those things. Uh, special thanks to uh, Christy for sharing the podcast with her network of friends. Uh, very much appreciated it. Uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about with one of the ideas that I, after I listened, I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this, is that good rest means good work. Right? So one thing I wanted to highlight is that good rest means good work. If I'm going to do the work of a teacher, let's say, and arrange my schedule so that we've got good rest built into my schedule, whether I'm a high school teacher or an elementary teacher, like I've, I've structured my time with my students so that it is ideal for doing good work. So I've got good rest, so I'm able to do good work. So I better do good work, right? So like, for example, in a math class, I better not structure my day to do good work so that I'm just doing a bunch of procedures, right? Or I'm just having my students execute an algorithm. No, no, no. That's a waste. That's a waste. If we're going to have this potential for good work, well, then let's maximize that time. So I'm going to do what I call with my students a messy problem, right? A problem that takes some some uh, some deep thought to like make sense of it and persevere in solving it. And for those of you that are teachers you'll notice that that's a, one of our standards for mathematical practice, right? Make sense of a problem, persevere in solving them. That takes some bandwidth, right? That takes having a good, sharp mind ready to go. So if I'm going to, again, if I'm going to structure my day with good rest, I better also do good work. So what is a messy problem in some of those other spaces within schools, right? What's a messy problem in English? What's a messy problem in art? What's a messy problem in social studies? What are these messy problems? And how can I make sure if I've done the work of, I've done the work of structuring good rest of my day that I'm maximizing that time when we're going to do the work? And that just that led me to something else in thinking about this idea of balancing. If I'm going to balance 
good work and good rest. I also heard uh, just today uh, on a podcast, uh, the Tim Ferriss Show podcast, he had David Allen. And for those of you that don't know, David Allen came up with the uh, model or the framework for productivity called Getting Things Done. And if you've ever thought about productivity, you probably have heard GTD or Getting Things Done mentioned in those conversations. Well, when he talks about getting things done, which is a very structured way of, of like offloading stuff from your brain, right? There's lots of structures that's like very disciplined. But when he talks about it, he talks about this discipline that he uses to offload everything on his brain. He does that in order to have ultimate freedom, okay? And it just kind of reiterated this idea of balance, this like work-rest balance. Like, you know, in, in the book Rest, they talked about this, these really high achievers, you know, not only the ones from like Outliers from Malcolm Gladwell's book, but they also just talked about the ones that were studying the book that came up with the incubation inspiration thing. Again, go back to episode seven if you want to hear more about this. But these, you know, these people that achieved so much, they also had the balance of, you know, so that was good work. They also had the balance of rest. And so same thing, this kind of like balance idea is it's it's not too far of a stretch to see it in David Allen's uh, ideas where he's doing this highly structured way of offloading things from his brain, getting things done, highly product, highly product for highly product, highly productive people use this highly structured thing so that they have the freedom to do what they want. Right. So the high discipline to have high freedom. Okay. It's, it's, it's a balance there. And, and actually going into this podcast, I think, uh, Jocko Willink would also say that discipline equals freedom. What a transition. And I didn't even plan that one. Uh, but before before we jump into this conversation uh, with Gary, I just want to do a quick disclaimer, and you've heard me say this before, but in no way will we, Gary and I, be able to communicate the whole value of the book. And even if we did, it would be from our perspective. In other words, if you like what you hear, go get the book for yourself. Links to purchase the book can be found in the show notes at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode eight, or seek it out wherever you buy high quality books like this one. If possible, try to support your local bookseller like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi. Alrighty, now on to my conversation with Dr. Gary Williams about the book Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Dr. Gary Williams, uh, back on the Amazon Planet podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being willing to come back. We actually had to stop our conversation and say, hey, wait, wait, we got to start this thing because we're really excited to talk about uh, today's featured book, uh, Extreme Ownership, uh, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Um, lots, of, lots of great stuff within this book. This book has sold... Millions and millions and millions of copies, Gary. It's pretty yeah. amazing. But before that, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. You were. Uh, it was. It was hard not uh, connecting with you over this podcast. I kind of got used to uh, our our conversations, but I I knew you were off doing some really wonderful things. Haiti, correct? Is that? I was in yep Haiti yeah, for a week, and, and so we had an epic uh, vacation out west where we drove all the way to Seattle. And back with the the family and the dog, so and I followed that <laughs> uh, breath, you know, breathtakingly on Facebook, and I was in admiration of your patience, <laughs> your persistence, 
I was very proud of you and your family. Yeah. Like you, you way overachieved anything I could have wildest in my wildest imaginations dream for myself. Yeah. When you say to yourself, Hey, we're only driving six hours today. Like that's, that was a statement like, Oh, it's just six hours versus like eight or 10. It was like, Oh, it was epic. But you know what, Joel, you and your family, you owned that vacation. <laughs> Yes. Wow. There's what a segue. A, what a segue. Oh, fantastic. So um, what was exciting, it was talking about, you know, upcoming podcasts and this one where you're like, hey, that book, Extreme Ownership, I, 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 I read that book before and I'd like to talk about that. And that, that's been like a book that I've been circling for this one. I've been, I, you know, wanted to get somewhat decent at doing this thing and, and definitely knew I wanted to cover this book on the podcast because... Um, I know that reading the book was one of the things that made me want to do the podcast because of the way it's set up. And I don't know, how were you exposed to, to the book, Gary? Uh, so I um, actually had it sent to me by a former student. Uh, his name is Trevor Parker. He's an English teacher in a suburb just outside of Chicago. And he sent it to me uh, and ironically wrote, and I found it again today, his little note uh, that he kind of put in, in the front of it. And he basically, what he said was, he's like, continue to be a leader and inspire all you come in contact with. Thank you for all you did to help me become the man I am. I'm forever grateful. Trevor, P.S. Keep the legend alive. And so um, I was, it, it was amazing because I got this book and I'm like, and whenever a former student sends you something, you're like, well, that's pretty awesome because yeah, yeah. usually it's, you know, we talked about mentoring way, way back and Yoda usually doesn't receive many gifts. Uh, so it was <laughs> yeah. nice for Yoda to get something. And, but more importantly for it to be that intentional. And then, um, our men's lacrosse team, um, and many of you may or may not remember, but I, I am the vice president and director of athletics at Wittenberg university in Springfield, Ohio. It's a division three NCA school. And our men's our men's lacrosse team is huge into this, um, into these concepts, uh, from the Navy SEALs. And so this was a book that they, um, have breathed life into as a program. And so I've gotten a chance to kind of firsthand see, uh, some of the things that they're doing as a result of work with the Navy SEALs and, uh, and, and this book. Yeah. It seems like this, this book was kind of maybe at the, I mean, I know SEAL Team 6 and all that with Osama bin Laden and, and you know, kind of we have this kind of obsession with the Navy SEALs and just, you know, going through the hardest training on the planet or whatever to get to weed down the crop into just who's capable of wearing the trident and being a Navy SEAL. And it seemed like this book was at the beginning of trying to capture some of the leadership principles and things that uh, um, they've kind of espoused and now, you know, stored in the book. And that's kind of what they they yeah. need to do. Um, it's a really cool, it's really cool to think about. Um, I know and, uh, another kind of segue was, you know, one of my mentors is Dean Matthews. He's a, um, an alum at an institution I worked for prior to Wittenberg. And he is the uh, founder and CEO of a, of a non, of a, of a group that that is called Character Quest. It's a leadership development program. He and his son um, do uh, leadership care and character development programs in uh, business settings. But I was introduced to him over almost 20 years ago, and he first got his leadership training from 
Army Rangers as a civilian. He was allowed to go through Army Ranger school or versions of it, a civilian version. And he started this character quest program, which is where they have all this. We do have very foundational leadership and character development conversations, but it's part of a army ranger mission program that where they have um they have a property in um just outside of uh, rockford illinois and they take groups out there um we ate mres we stayed mm-hmm. overnight we uh camped out we then they have um you know it's a it's simulated uh, army ranger missions so that we can teach so he could teach us leadership principles and then we could put them through these and then do really quickly after action reviews and learn these concepts. And so uh, Dean introduced me to these, to the military style concepts a long time ago, you know, over two decades ago. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, and that's one of the things about, I think one of the most important things about the book, Joel, which is the depth of detail of military leadership is something I don't think any of us fathom unless you go through it, but their attention to detail in these high pressure situations are so important for us to keep in mind because like when you read texts like these, one huge takeaway is they're literally talking about life and death decisions Right. in the classroom. Like you're like you have, or at an athletic event, like I have, we, this isn't life or death. We think it is. We, 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 we make it <laughs> yeah. appear that way, but it isn't. But yet in the same token, you know, one of the reflective questions that I come away with from this from this, reading this book and in, you know, thinking about this podcast was what if we took more seriously the decisions we make every day and made it more high pressure with higher impact results or the higher potential if we don't succeed that it would, it would mean more? Like what if we all ramped up our game a little bit more and took a lesson on a random Wednesday in the middle of September, a math lesson that, you know, is the same lesson maybe we've done every year, but thought to ourselves, like, what if your whole class's reputation was riding on this moment? What mm-hmm. if everything we did was riding on the way we delivered this message? And it, that's one of the, that was something that really triggered me as I was reflecting on this book. Yeah, I mean, that got me, what you just saying, it got me thinking about, um, I'm just trying to be better about being on time to things and making sure, keeping a point, I mean, not to say that you weren't on time for this Skype phone call, whatever. You know, like, I wasn't, not, because I'm, I'm Captain Technology over here was, I forgot his password, so he had to go through some things. <laughs> but, uh, but like, to, to try to, like, do that sort of thing, to, to turn the dial up on being on time and just saying, like, you know what? Your time, my time, they're both very valuable. It's the only thing. I mean, it's the thing that we can't make more of, right? We have this amount of time. Yep. So let's let it, let's it turn up the importance on every moment and how do we make them count and how do we leverage that time or knowing that I've only got this much time before my, my kids uh, come home yeah. or I need to pick them up or, you know, whatever. Like even the moments in the car between um, my house and the school where I drop my kids off, how can I take advantage of those times? Like just mm-hmm. every, all the moments, like turn up the – turn up the importance knob a little bit, you know, that, that's great connection to the power of moments. The book we did earlier, because mm-hmm. I was, I've been thinking about the exact same thing. Like I can't even tell you the number of times in higher education. I mean, we, we, I don't remember the last time a meeting started on time mm-hmm. and yeah, 
Um, and so I've tried to make a point that like when it's nine o'clock, I just start. And unfortunately, one of the things that I do, which is something, one of the concepts of the book that I hope we'll talk about, but I, you know, I, I, I make excuses almost not excuses. I make I apologize and I say, well, I want to be respectful of your time. So we're starting. It's almost like I have to quantify why it's okay to start on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the reality of the situation is I just need to start on time. Like right. you just start on time. And when people come in late, they come in late. And the question just begs itself is then how do you own that response? How do you teach any type of ownership to the responsibility of I should have been on time too? Mm-hmm. And starting and ending on time are things that you're right. Those are – that's one, maybe one small thing that we all can do better, Rod. Yeah. And definitely something that I think as we think about takeaways from this book, whether it's, again, a lesson that you teach or, you know, the other thing is ending early. Like some people, you know, I, re- I remember I think we talked about this the last time, one of the last times we were together. But, you know, when we have these conference meetings or when people get together, right? And we end early. Everyone's so excited and they want to just get out of there. And I, all I could think to myself is like, I've already blocked this time out. Like I blocked this time out And yeah, found time is good time. But what am I missing by not using the time right. and not owning that moment? Right. Mm-hmm. And not owning that responsibility, because that's something this book talks about, which is just how do you it and it's the right. It's extreme ownership. How do you ramp up your ownership of your leadership situations and yourself in, as a leader? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, I, let's just jump into it. So, uh, and, and I'll, I'm going to say just a little bit of a disclaimer right away, Gary, is that I am a Jocko Willink fanboy a little bit. So um, I uh, not only so started by listening to the podcast, got the book, went and got the kids books, the Way of the Warrior Kid 1, 2, oh, and 3, nice. which are, yeah. if for any of those elementary teachers out there, I would suggest those books that are awesome. Kind of like a his response to the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Interesting. interesting. There's also one called Mikey and the Dragons, talking about kids uh, facing fear. It's a kid's, it's a like a picture book. And then uh, he's got one called um, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual which is sure. what I did in episode zero of this podcast, which is the <clears> one that just kind of kicked it all off. And, and Gary, I did go, when I went to San Diego last April, I did train at his jujitsu gym, Victory oh, MMA. Oh, nice. Did not see him, but uh, the world champion jujitsu grappler, uh, Dean Lister, led the class, and that was, that was pretty awesome. Well, hopefully he's gonna, he'll... We'll tag him on this. He'll listen. He'll admire that we're admiring him and uh, be able to help us, uh, you know, promote our podcast a little bit better. Oh, and maybe, maybe that's where that'll come into play. Yeah. But you, what you're seeing, though, Joel, is 100 percent why this book is so has become so important. Yeah. I was just having lunch today with one of our graduate assistants. I'm trying once a month to meet with them because they're in their development in terms of becoming a coach. And he brought up a name of a book to me and, and I said, you know, that book mindset mindset was one, the book mm-hmm. he brought up. I was like, that's a pillar. Like you have to read that book, right? Like you, I don't believe you can be an education without having read mindset. This is also one of those books that to me is becoming a pillar. Mm-hmm. It's becoming something where it's got to be in your library because 
whether you whether you like war, whether any of those types of things, like it, the the principles are simple and relatable, mm-hmm. and he he has done such a great job in mainstreaming this military leadership in a way that is is digestible for people because it is very overwhelming to think about going into a battle right. and thinking about all the intricacies that go into that. Uh, and, you know, what was it like in Ramadi, Iraq? I can't even fathom to imagine. Mm-hmm. But the way you read it, you feel like you're right there, but you understand. And what the, and the thing, one of the, the key pieces he talks about right off the bat in the book is – in terms of what makes a leader is humility and the way that he's able to show for people who quote unquote for the military who are tough, right? They're right. tough people and they, you know, they have a lot of uh, bravado. He shows unbelievable humility right off the bat by talking literally about horrendous mistakes that are made oh, and the way yeah. that he's able to, to talk through those. That to me is what makes this book su- such a must read for people. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and that, Perfect segue, doing a good job. That's two for two, Gary, on segues. Just thinking about the, the, how it opens up with that. I mean, yeah, he basically, like, literally kind of pulls his pants down and says, hey, here's a situation where I, I was at fault. And like, in, in very comp- 